Hello everyone and welcome to You Are My Borough, our final episode of this year. Thank you to all those who've watched and listened and subscribed and commented and put up with our mundane service station chat over the course of the last year. I'm sure there's plenty more of that to come in 2024 and maybe today, but, but we're going to look back today. We're going to look back on 2023 and also have a fleeting glance ahead and, and make some bold early predictions for next year. How are we doing, Scott? Good Christmas? Very good, thanks, Dom. Yeah, yeah, all very nice. Just about... Uh... Just about polished off the last of the turkey, which is always a stage and post, isn't it? The, the uh, post-Christmas time. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I've, I, I mean, you know you're in trouble when you're eating Lynn chocolates at 11 o'clock in the morning with a cup of tea. <laughs> Proper Christmas, that, isn't it? Good for you. Everything good? Yeah, all sound. Yeah, yeah, all good. Other than uh, Boxing Day and Corn Bramble's Christmas is all coming at once with that yes. left foot and cross that loops into the, uh, into the far corner. We're, we're recording this on Friday morning, but ahead of the Huddersfield game, but, but we're, we're, we're going to stay away from that and obviously look back um, and have a glance ahead as well. Just just if you if you listen or watch over the weekend and, and anything doesn't quite tally, if we don't talk about Borough's 4-0 win at the John Smith Stadium on Friday yeah, exactly, night, or, yeah. or dispiriting 3-0 defeat. And, and, and a wind that. swept to John Smith's stadium. <laughs> yeah. To be. Yeah, some things, you, some things you can correctly predict from a from a far out, can't you? Um, yeah. Review of the year then, 2023. Go on then, in, in a sentence, in a brief summary, how, how do you how do you assess this past year for Borough? Ooh, I, think the, I think the word that jumped into my head straight away was progress. I think Borough are on the right track, um, but there have been bumps along the way, haven't there? And there's probably enough to suggest there's going to be more bumps along the way in 2024. I think, I think that... From where from where Borough were at, at the absolute start of the year, so this time 12 months ago, then I think just, you know, as, as we kind of said all through the second half of last season, making the playoffs was probably ahead of where Borough should have been at that stage under Michael Carrick. He steadied the ship brilliantly. He got them moving up the league. And then all of a sudden, not only were they in the playoffs, they, they were potentially challenging with the top two, wasn't there? There were those couple of weeks when it looked like they might get to Sheffield United. So um, you obviously had the massive high of that. Then you have the massive low of, of the Coventry games and, and going out with the playoffs and not really laying a glove on that Coventry side. So then we head into this season. There's obviously a massive overhaul in the summer. Tuba going, Archer going back, Ryan Giles going back, Ramsey going back, etc., etc. A, a real radical shift in in Borough's kind of transfer policy and, and what they're doing off the pitch. You know, a load of younger lads coming in, untried, inexperienced, etc., etc., etc. It was always going to take a bit of time, and it has. There were always going to be teeth and problems, and they have been. And so, where we sit now with Borough is that off the pitch, I think things are better than they've been for an awful long time in terms of the structures that are now in place. There's a clear plan of what Borough are going to try and do with recruitment. Michael Carrick clearly absolutely buys into that plan. There's a lot of harmony there. That's all really good. On the pitch, I still think Borough probably look at an inferior side at the moment to the one that ended last season. And, and again, you know, there's an awful lot of reasons for that. That's understandable. Um, but you know, as as we sit here, we're sitting here with Borough in, in mid table, aren't we? And the hope would clearly be that that improves and we get another playoff campaign come the end of the season. There's also obviously the massive excitement of the League Cup semi finals to factor in, which I think you know is a big, big tick in the box and, and and has been a massive highlight of 
the second half of the year. Um, and, and there's an entertaining FA Cup third round tie. So there's a load to look forward to. But but in a nutshell, I think Borough going in the right direction, but still got a fair way to travel. It's funny because, again, apologies, because obviously this, this might sound ridiculous if you listen over the weekend, but if Borough were to beat Huddersfield on Friday night, they'd be on exactly the same points as they were last season after 25 games. Yeah. Um, last year, there were sixth after 25 games, just beating Blackburn just before the turn of the new year. I think it obviously feels different this year because last year, really, there was no expectation when Carrick came in, or very little expectation because of how poor Borough had been. And um, last year, they, they had the momentum. The, 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 the wins or the, the results all came in this flurry, didn't they, after the, yeah. after the dramatic improvement? Whereas this year, obviously, there's been inconsistency despite the fact that Borough really gave the rivals a head start as they did last season. But I'm, I'm, I'm writing a... Um, a review of the year, just 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 as we speak, really before we before we started here, and I think it's funny because I wrote in that I don't think you can truly judge twenty twenty three until maybe a year down. Like, what was it? Yeah, was it the most glorious of missed opportunities? I think it was. When you look at the teams who've gone up and how they're faring and how strong the championship is this year, I don't think you can get away from the fact it was a missed opportunity. But I think it was also the year when off the pitch, Borough really start to put plans in place that will hopefully benefit them down the line. Yeah. And 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 I think they've done that amid really the most difficult summer window or the most difficult challenge they could have possibly faced in the summer window where they really had to replace £50 million worth of talent. And they had to do so while building on the expectation of last season's near miss and going again. Um, yeah. So really, I think it's probably credit to everyone involved that, here we are at the halfway stage of the season and Borough are only three points off, despite all that had to be done in the summer and despite that wretched start they had to the season. And I, and I don't think you can downplay the importance of what has happened off the pitch because, you know, if we are taking a longer-term view on all of this, then really you can look at the last decade largely and say that pretty much everything that's gone wrong with Borough has been in some way, shape or form a result of a pretty dysfunctional operation behind the scenes in terms of managers coming and going, in terms of squads being turned upside down whenever that happened, in terms of there not being any real kind of a long-term plan of of what kind of squad Borough were trying to build, what type of club and team they wanted to be in the championship. Um, you know, it, it went from one thing to the other. Now, at the mo- you know, in the last 18 months, what we've seen, and certainly in the last 12, what we've seen is the development of a clear model in terms of recruitment, in terms of what type of players Borough are going to sign, how they're going to build the squad year on year. Um, You've got harmony there. And you've also got a scenario where if Michael Carrick was to walk out of the door tomorrow because a Premier League club came in for him, you'd like to think pretty strongly that there wouldn't be the complete chaos and, and upheaval that there normally is when that's happened at Borough. And as I say, the last decade or so, really. And so, yeah, you know, the bigger picture is that I think that's really important and that has to serve Borough well for, for the next, you know, three, four, five, six, seven years down the line, you hope. Um, now, you know, there clearly is still a need to get results and I think you're right. I think that playoff defeat was a really big missed opportunity because I think that, as you rightly say, um, the championship is tougher this year. The teams that have gone up, all right, they might end up coming back down, but they're, they're certainly competitive up in the Premier League, which I think Borough would have been. 
and you would probably have been able to keep two or three of your Akpom, Archer, Giles, Ramsey type players, Stefan maybe, that 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 would have made squad strengthening this summer potentially an awful lot easier. So it was an opportunity missed. There's no getting away from that. Um, and, and it did kind of mean Borough had to start again. And I guess w- one of the key things they're trying to ensure is that if they narrowly would miss out again this next summer, then they wouldn't be starting again. Because I think when you look back, really, it, Year, if you turn back the clock to, to this time last year, for all Borough had really impressed under Carrick on the pitch, the, the big unknown at that stage was still what what's the transfer window going to look like? Is everybody going to be pulling in the same direction when the window opens and with recruitment and with kind of the ideas that of players coming in? Um, <clears throat> as we spoke about on several videos at the start of this season, Carrick had countless opportunities to kind of hold his hands up, didn't he, and say, yeah. well, I've lost, I've lost, you know, however however much worth of talent in the summer and we've brought in players who who are going to need time to adjust to the championship. But never once did he even flirt with the idea of going there, did he? The, 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 you know, I'm sure that there has been crossed words behind the scenes over the course of the year. That, that's the way transfer negotiations and discussions take place, isn't it? But it, it does feel like everyone's, on the same wavelength and pulling in the same direction when it comes to the idea of the type of players Borough are looking to bring in. Yeah, absolutely. What you, you know, what you certainly haven't had is the tensions and the conflicts, <clears throat> pretty open conflicts at times that there was under both Wilder and Warnock. Have you? You know, Car- Michael Carrick clearly buys into the general principle of signing younger players more inexperienced, trying to add value to them. He understands that that's the way the club has to operate. He's not banging the door down wanting Uche Ikpiatsu or, you know, a seasoned championship cake centre-half who's going to kick things up behind. You know, that's not what he wants at all. And so in that sense, there is, an, there is a lot of harmony there. And I think, you know, that's probably why he, he didn't feel the need to start throwing his toys out with a pram because he is very much on board and a big, big part of that process. Now, I think I think you would have to say that, again, we probably won't really know how successful this last summer's transfer window has been until at least another six months down the line, maybe even further than that, because, you know, while there are a lot of promising signs from a number of Borough's summer signings, there's also quite a few of them who aren't there yet. And it's going to be interesting to see how they continue to develop over the next you know, six months, next couple of seasons. So, um, you know, while we're seeing this model looks like it's working, and I, and, I, and, I, and I think it is, and I think there are, you know, there are obvious reasons why Borough feel the need to do this, not least because they can't, you know, they, they have to stop just throwing money away on, on contracts for players who they can't really afford and who aren't going to be worth anything when those contracts end. That had to come to an end, and it has now. I still think... I still think the jury would have to be out on on a just how successful the summer that's the summer transfer window's been. Yeah, which again I think will it's it's six months down the line, isn't it, or a year down the line when when you can truly judge and and you know see see who comes in in January and what the squad looks like after that. Before we just look at the first half of this season, just looking back to the end of last season, yeah, that Sheffield United win, um, the gap. After that victory for Borough was seven points and Sheffield United still had a game in hand. And yet I I remember coming away from Bramall Lane thinking, Borough have got them here. Yeah. Because it just felt at that stage, didn't it? Like the momentum, 
it was swinging so much that the I think the day where things changed was the Huddersfield defeat when yes. was Sheffield United was Sheffield United were Borough winning at half time and Sheffield United drawing with Norwich or something like that. Or they were or they were behind when Borough were level. Yeah, and then it, it all looked swung, like, it, it looked like it was swinging at least one point, maybe three points in Borough's favour. And then obviously you're right, by the end of the whistle it was effectively a six point swing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean I think then, that Sheffield United game was one of the real highlights and it was probably the peak of that Borough team under Carrick last season, wasn't it? They were they were too strong for Sheffield United. They were too sharp for Sheffield United. Cameron Archer looked brilliant. They um they you know they, they looked like a side who were destined for the Premier League. And in fairness, Sheffield United looked like a side where the wheels had come off. So I guess you know for all that it's gone very, very wrong for the for Sheffield United and for Heck and Bottom since you've probably got to give him a fair bit of credit for the way that he managed to turn that round because I think you're right on that day it looked like Borough were going to finish top two. We were saying that, weren't we? And then, again, you know, within a, within the space of a couple of games, it was pretty clear that that probably wasn't going to happen. And I guess that's because, in fairness to Borough and Carrick, they, they were having to make up an awful lot of ground. So they were always behind the eight ball. They were all, always really only one or two defeats away from being out of it. And, that, and that's obviously the way it proved at the end. Now, you know... I still think there's question marks to be asked about what happened after that in terms of the complete loss of momentum, the decision to change so many players in those final couple of games to effectively write them off and concentrate on the playoffs. It, it did feel like Borough were kind of starting again when they went to Coventry for that first leg of the semi-final. And, and in hindsight, that's probably the opportunity missed as much as the, the home game that, that they obviously lost to end it because... I did feel for, for the first half hour of that Coventry away game, it was there for the taking. Yeah. But yeah. Borough just didn't lay a glove on them in either game, did they? I think I think looking back, you, you think, did did Borough run out of steam physically at the end of last season? Did maybe. the psychological aspect of of maybe thinking they could catch Sheffield United and then not, and the disappointment that followed that, was there that? Did Carrick make too many changes and did they lose momentum in the final weeks of the season? Did Coventry just and Mark Robbins just do a job on them? Or was yeah. it a combination of some or all rolled in together? I think I think there's probably a case for that. I think there's an element for all of them. Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, it, it's easy to say that that, that that they made too many changes and, and, and lost momentum because they wrote, wrote off those games towards the end of the season. I do think there's an element of that. I've seen it happen with Sunderland sides in the past. I think I alluded to it on previous vids. So, I, you know, I, I think there is an element of that. But then by the same token, I think you're right. I think physically and mentally, that second half of the season had taken a really big toll on them. Um few injuries at inopportune moments. I think you have to throw that into the mix as well. You know, there were players uh, in in those playoff semi-finals who clearly weren't 100%. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. I think Coventry did do a job on them, especially in that second leg. Just last one on last season. This time last year, Akpom was starting to show real form. But I still think if we'd done this video 12 months ago and you'd said he's going to go to Ajax for 12 million quid in the summer, I'd have, I'd have laughed you out of town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 probably if you'd said that he's going to finish top scorer in the league by what was it in the end? Three or four goals. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, you know, the quality of his performances in the second half of that season 
get better really the more you the more time passes and the more you look back at them you know what i mean i mean he he was exceptional in the second half of last season wasn't he and, and you know as, as a and then the the additions of archer and ramsey turned out to be master strokes in that january window so like you say it'd be interesting to see what happens in this january because while we can maybe look at the summer and it's it's a double it's a classic double-edged sword isn't it you know Bringing in those players made life so much more difficult when Borough didn't go up. But for three or four months, they did not make Borough a brilliant team to watch and, and a really, really effective team. And, you know, at times, the best team in the championship. Well, I, I, I remember saying last January when Sunderland signed Joe Gellart that I've, I thought that could be the signing of, of the window. As it is, that turned out a shocking prediction because Ross Stewart got injured. Gellart ended up having to play as a striker. Blah blah blah, but yeah. I, I don't. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to, to find a better sign in last January than Cameron Archer. No, oh, absolutely. And the impact he had. Yeah, in, absolutely, in absolutely. And and it, you know, it, it was a classic example of of how a loan works for everybody because Borough got a great player who, who powered them into the playoffs. Um, Villa Villa got Archer in the shop window and then got a shed load of money for him in the summer. Archer took his career at the next level, has got his move to Sheffield United, and even though Sheffield United might well get relegated, I think Archer's shown enough in the Premier League to suggest that someone will take him and keep him in the Premier League, even if Sheffield United go down this season. So it really did work for everyone, I think. And, and the Ramsey one probably would have done if he hadn't got the, the, the injury at a really bad time. Yeah. A bad injury. But move forward to the summer then, in the start of this season. I think we knew that clearly it was going to be difficult to... to to recover from, to, to shake off the hangover, I guess, from 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 the playoff defeat and obviously mould this new team together. I'd, I, I couldn't, I would never have predicted the Borough had started as badly as they did. And after seven games at half-time at Sheffield Wednesday, I would never have predicted that we'd be sitting here now with, with Borough in this position at yeah. Christmas and in the semi-finals of the, of the Carabao Cup. That first half at Sheffield Wednesday... Um, and, and Rob Nichols of Flying at the Moon said this in a press conference was 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 as was as bad as really I can remember for a, for a fair old while to recover the way they did I, again I think really it's it's testament to Carrick and to the yeah. players I, I think the players individually like Lucas Engel who had a shocker that night and you consider what had gone before and now I think he's established himself as a really solid Championship left back um, but yeah the start of the season. And, and what followed? What What are your thoughts? Well, it's easy to kind of forget now, but so that I'm just looking here. That Sheffield Wednesday game was absolute bang mid September, and at the end of that game, Borough were bottom, twenty fourth mm. bottom. So two points. Uh, yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, it it wasn't just the fact that they were losing games, was it? I, I was at the Coventry game, the first away game, when they were played off the pitch by a Coventry team who were in every bit as much of a rebuilding job as Borough were in. Um, you were at West Brom when they were okay going forward, but all over the place at the back, weren't they? Um, we obviously you had the QPR hold start, which was really miserable um, against the QPR side that would be, you know, pretty much everyone was tipping for relegation at that point and at the start of the season. So it was bad, wasn't it? There's no glossing over the yeah, fact yeah. that there were some really bad performances in there, and like you say. The worry at that stage was that you looked at the summer signings and thought, oh, my goodness me, they're either not ready or they're not good enough. Um, they're a million miles off. Now, 
like I say, fast forward two or three months, and we're talking very, very differently about Engel, about Rogers, about Silvera, about Vandenberg. Um, you know, I, I keep coming back. They're not there yet. They're not the finished article yet. But I think even the more cynical of Borough fans would look at them now and say, well, okay, that you know, it's it's now at least easy to see why Borough have identified these players and signed them because there is mm. ability there. There is definite growth potential there. There's 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 elements that can be improved and worked upon. So, um, you know, I, I think that's one thing. And then, like you say, I think the individuals themselves deserve an awful lot of credit because, um, you know, Lucas Engel, nobody would wish those first couple of performances that he had on anyone. So to come back from that is really impressive. Morgan Rogers, in hindsight, was being asked to play a role in the first month of the season that he's just not fit for, really. He's not a number nine. So for him, again, to have dealt with that and come back from that was really impressive. Um, Vandenberg had a, obviously had a slow start. He's had injury issues, but but he's battled his way through them to look like a player. Silvera's been in and out of the side, but in general, when he's been called upon, I think he's done pretty well and, and taken his chance. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I think individually they deserve a lot of credit, but, but it also... It also at least affirms what Borough are doing in terms of the project and that, that, that they're not miles out with what they're trying to do, which there was times in September when it looked like that. And it's funny, isn't it? Because for all you look at the table now and think credit to everyone involved for the position Borough have got themselves in. You, you look at, the, I know, you know, Borough have beaten Leicester, obviously got beat by Ipswich, beaten Southampton, beaten West Brom, beaten Sunderland, um, beat, beat, thumped Preston beat Watford, they've beaten plenty of teams who are up there. Um, so clearly they're points that you maybe might not have factored in when you would have, when you would have predicted yeah. those games or results. But when you look at the bottom of the table, um, lost at Rotherham on Boxing Day, drew with Sheffield Wednesday, lost at home at QBR, drew at home to Huddersfield, lost at home to Millwall on the start of the season. And you're left thinking, aren't you, even if they'd have just got one or two results out of them, that they've been sat so pretty now with while still feeling clearly, and, and Michael Carrick clearly feels this, and I think everything points towards the fact that really the best should still be to come from Borough this season. When you consider the injuries they've had, the fact yeah. that they spent the first weeks, months of the season molding everyone together, and clearly the hoping to bring a couple of players in in January, that the hope would be, and everything points, I think, towards the fact that Borough should get better as the season goes on. The injuries is a is a one that we can't ignore, isn't it? Because Borough have had injuries to what you would have said at the start of the season with really core members of that first eleven. So Lenahan, you know, barely kicked a ball since whenever Hackney's now been out a, a long period. McGree was out for an awfully long time. Force, who was really good last season, barely kicked a ball all season. You know, we can go we can go on, can't we? Um, you know, Tommy Smith out for the whole rest of the season, massive blow. So um, the injuries have definitely been a factor and it probably meant that Carrick, in fairness to him, has had to play a lot more of the summer signings for a lot longer than he probably would ordinarily have wanted to do. Now, that that you would like to think will help them and help Borough in the long run. But I think that's contributed to a lot, a lot of the inconsistencies that we've seen. I mean, you know, when you're playing a young, inexperienced team, I don't necessarily think it's a coincidence that Borough have lost to the type of teams that they've lost to. Mm. Now, Rotherham away on Boxing Day, they should have won that game out of sight. Yeah, it was a bit of a freak game. But they still didn't really control a game against a Rotherham site. We all know what Rotherham are about and, and kind of historically always have been. Um, 
they haven't been able to dominate against what should probably be inferior opposition. And, and I think some of that is youthfulness, inexperience, lack of nous in the championship, if you like. They just haven't been able to control those kind of games. And maybe that will come with either the players that are in the team at the minute getting additional experience or the return of your Hackneys, your McGrees, hopefully your Forces, etc. Um, and and that little bit more experience and, and, and um, knowledge in there will help them out because I, I do think that's been a factor in those kind of matches. Let, let's run through a few a few um, a few questions then as we look as we look back on the year. Um, we're going to go through five. We're, we're going to do goal of the year, but I've changed that as we've been recording to signing of the year, um, okay. mainly because I couldn't think of a standout goal. Well, I could, but there was one of them where there was three or four, and I was getting muddled with what games there were. <laughs> that's that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to do signing of the year, player of the year. This is obviously of twenty twenty three. Player yes. of the year. Moment of the year, disappointment of the year, and 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 one prediction for twenty twenty four. Okay, but we'll start. We'll start with signing. I'll jump in. I think we've obviously talked. Cameron Archer, I think, is a, yeah. a standalone winner, isn't he? Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, like like we're saying, in two or three years' time, we might look at one of the signings <clears throat> that have made this summer and said, "How on earth did they get him for that price? That is unbelievable." But as we sit here now, it's got to be Archer. I mean, you know. If the remit in January is to go out and sign a striker who can get you goals and improve your team for the second half of the season, then that box was ticked the minute Archer stepped on. You know, he just looked the part, didn't he? Sometimes you get these lone youngsters from Premier League clubs, Borough have had plenty of them in the past, and you think, well, you know, they just get lost, don't they? Archer, to his credit, no, not at all. He he knew he was going to be the man to lead Borough as soon as he came in and, and he took that responsibility on his shoulders and he did ever so well. So, yeah, completely in agreement, Archer. Who would be your signing of the summer? Um, Dieng. Yeah, I, I think Dieng, with a, with a big shout for Vandenberg. Yeah. I think for, for someone so young to... Acclimatise yeah. as impressively as he has, as quickly as impressively as he has, is is to go back to what I was saying before. I suspect in two or three years' time, we'll look at Borough signing of Vandenberg and say, "Goodness, but how on earth did they get him?" Because I yeah. think he will be, you know, not too far down the line, either a Premier League player or a top league and Serie A, La Liga, wherever wherever he ends up. Um, I think he'll be that good. But but as we sit here now. I think Dieng, because I think st losing Stefan felt like a big a big issue at the time because he'd been such an important player for Borough. He was pretty integral to the way Carrick wanted his side to play out from the back, etc., etc. Um, and in fairness to Borough, they moved very, very swiftly to get Dieng, and it and it was a seamless transition, wasn't it? Um, so I, yeah, I'd I'd I'd, I'd say Dieng, but I definitely wouldn't dispute that further down the line it might well end up being Vandenberg. Just Huddersfield tonight reminds me of. When Borough played there in a cup earlier in the season, and yes. Vandenberg made the mistake early on, but then was excellent. Anyway, afterwards in the press room, managers have been in, and the door opens, and Vandenberg strolls in, looking a little bit lost, and kind of everyone looks at him. You know, can we help? He says, oh, "Does anyone have a taxi number? My mates need to get home." So I, he must have had some of his mates over for the game, and they're just oh, lingering outside the John Smith Stadium, wondering. Wouldn't Brilliant. Know on earth to get on. Um, player of 2023. 
I'm going to go for Hackney. I think yeah. it's a fairly obvious one. Um, and I think, to be honest, in the last month and a half, we've seen just how important he is to Borough. You know, it's the classic, you never you never look better than when you're not in the team and it's not necessarily firing on all cylinders. Um, but, I mean, his development, you know, it goes a little bit longer than the last 12 months, doesn't it? But, you know, certainly the last 18 months has been remarkable, really. Um you know, to the point where he's obviously been playing in England under 21 games this season and looking the best player on the pitch by a country mile. Um, he's a Premier League player in the weight, isn't he? There's no doubt about that. Can Borough hold on to him in January? I think the answer is yes. Can they hold on to him beyond the summer? I think that's a lot more difficult if Borough aren't in the Premier League because I think he's already shown he's more than good enough to to get that opportunity. Um, he, he just looks a really good player, doesn't he? Drives forward got an eye for goal, can pass it, great great energy, everything you want really from a kind of <clears throat> nowadays central midfielder in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, I would, I would, without kind of reservation, I mean, Akpom, <clears throat> Akpom in the first half of the season, you can't gloss over just how good he was, but the year as a whole, I think it would have to be Hackney. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, I don't think there's, there's any question. I, I think, um, we, 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 there are countless examples over the years at every club of, of players coming through. And it's always that second season when, right, yeah. look at Isaiah Jones, for example. Although I know Jones is a bad example because of everything else that he had going on. But when, you, when you're not an unknown quantity all at once and teams know exactly what to, what to, what to expect from you and they can prepare to, to come up against you. And the other thing is you're dealing with that expectation. You're dealing with everything that surrounds being a professional footballer and a star in your hometown club and earning whatever you're earning. Yeah. There's, there's that challenge, isn't there, of building on what's clearly a, a hugely impressive breakthrough. But everything you hear about Hackney, everything you see, n- nobody has got any concerns about him, have they? Um, and I only read some some quotes from Johnny Housen this week, actually. I think he'd done a piece with Skybet and, and he was saying exactly that, that that I think the way that he's built on his breakthrough is is says everything about him as a as a bloke. Um, and we spoke to him at the summer at the EFL launch, and he was you know brilliant there, humble, down to earth, um, yeah. absolute no airs or grace about him. He's got he's got a massive he's got a massive future, hasn't he? Um, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Moment moment of the year. I I'll go first. I think that Sheffield United win. I think Borough was so impressive, and and that night, you only have to look back at the celebrations on the pitch. Um, I think it meant so much at the time, and and I, if I if I was going to have a punt, then I, I'd I'd have backed Borough to finish second. I, I really felt that Borough yeah. were heading in, in the right direction, and Sheffield United were were um, were tailing off a little bit and, and beginning to stutter. Um, yeah, that 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 night, that performance, that win would be my moment. So, I, I think the best performance was the win against Norwich right at the end of the season, 5-1. Yeah, when, at that, on, at that, on that day, Borough looked like they were going to go up. It, it was going to be the playoffs, but they were going to go up. Hmm. Um, it didn't happen. But in terms of a moment, um, I think the one, I, the moment I enjoyed the most was Latalath's penalty at Exeter. Oh, right, um, yeah. Just because... It had come. It came right at the end of an absolute ding dong of a proper cup game, lashing down with rain, 
right in front of an entire terrace of Borough fans who had somehow got to Exeter in, you know, half term, horrendous weather, all of that. You, we know some of them were staying down for Plymouth, etc., etc. Latter Lath had had his ups and downs massively in his Borough career, really, to that point. But but he, he had the bottle to stand up. He rolled it in in front of in front of everyone. Everyone went mad. Everyone went mental. And and who knows? We might look back on that as as a, a key key moment in Borough getting to Wembley if things go to well, go well against Chelsea next month. But in terms of just a moment, that's what I'm going to go for. Disappointment of the year is that too obvious? Yeah, I think it probably is, isn't it? I mean, it's, can't it's get away from it, can you? Kind of hard to to look beyond that, really, because while there've been disappointments in various matches and and you know some players have probably disappointed a bit the years defined by those two playoff semi-finals are there and, and, and anyways i think we've kept on saying and we've we've, we've said earlier today the fact that borough lost those games isn't really the disappointment it's the fact that they played so poorly really. the games were so out of kilter with pretty much everything that had gone in the second half of the season prior to those last couple of weeks um you know, if it was flat, it was unadventurous, it was unimaginative. When they went behind at the riverside, you never really at one stage did you feel like they were going to get the equaliser. They didn't build up ahead of steam. So, yeah, I think the manner of the playoff semi-final defeats more than the fact that Borough actually lost them because you know you can you can lose games and and clearly they weren't you know that much better than Coventry if at all. So it's not losing it; it's the way that they lost it would be for me. Yeah, yeah. I think half an hour in, in that first leg at Coventry, Borough looked so calm and composed and in control. And did Akpom at the post? Yeah. There was a moment, wasn't there? But even at full time in that game, at nil-nil, clearly it's poised. But you fancy... Because I just thought there's no way Borough aren't going to score over two legs. Yeah. The, the Borough that we'd seen over the second half of last season. Um Fair play to Mark Robbins. I thought he put an extra man in the midfield in that second game, didn't he? And yeah, yeah the feeling of kind yeah. of walking over there. I think I think kind of what made it so dis- what made it so disappointing. You know, when you wake up the next day or whatever, is the fact that the, the expectation you, you you just fancied. I mean, you, how long, how, for how long had we talked about our Wembley plans and yeah. Um, the idea yeah. of poor Anson, and we never really considered the prospect of losing <laughs> Coventry. Well, that was it. It, it. it looked like it was really set up for Sunderland, didn't it? But even even with it being Luton, I, I know Luton have gone up in the Premier League. They're making a decent fist of it, all of this. But it wasn't like you were up against, uh, you know, say Leeds don't get in the playoff, don't don't get automatic this time. Leeds at Wembley would be a big task. You know what I mean? Yeah. Luton, with the greatest respect felt like a game Borough could win. And if it wasn't going to be Luton, it was going to be Sunderland and that was going to be a hell of a day out. What a weekend that was going to be. Memories forever, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously, yeah, it didn't happen. Um, just one more on the moment of the seat, on the moment of the year. I, I, mean, I, th- I think winning 4-0 at Sunderland, if you ask Borough fans, yes. Yes. And, you know, yes. that's, that's one of the, it's a, it's a game and a win that's talked about for years to come, isn't it? Winning, winning yeah. 4-0 at the stage of your life. Yeah, um, absolutely. Go on then, prediction. One prediction. Or maybe more than one prediction. Make it as bold as you like for 2024. Okay. Okay. Prediction time. Uh, I think Borough are going to beat Chelsea. I was going to I was going to say that. <laughs> I, was going to say that. I think Borough are going to beat Chelsea. I think they're going to beat them at the Riverside. And I think the pressure on Chelsea in that second leg is going to be so immense 
that I think Borough will get what they need at Stamford Bridge and get to Wembley. Um, I suspect they will then get probably hammered by Liverpool in the final. <laughs> dare, dare I jump in and say it? But I, I think we, I think Borough will get to Wembley. Will they get to the playoffs? I think a lot depends on what happens in January. I think with this squad at the moment, I think we've seen too many inconsistencies and um, you know, not, not enough of a guaranteed level of performance to be able to say confidently that Borough will make the top six come the end of the season, especially given the fact that I think already now Leicester, Ipswich, Leeds and Southampton are guaranteed to be in that top six. So I think you're only shooting for two places. Now, if Borough can get players back, so get McGree back, keep him fit, get Hackney back, keep him fit, um, that changes things a little bit. The defence surely needs a bit of strengthening um, in January. We've talked about the need for another striker in January. If that happens and the, and Borough sign players who are able to hit the ground running, then they're still definitely more than close enough to be able to get into the playoffs. Um, but but if you're asking me with this current squad as they are now, I think they probably just fall short. I was going to say the Chelsea one, but seeing as though you have it, I'll <laughs> say I think Morgan Rogers is going to have a big second half of the season. Yeah. Um, I know that's not particularly bold on the back of what he's done in the last few games, but I think you look at January and McGree and Silvera going away. Um, Force is still out. Which leaves Borough relatively short, really, across yeah. those positions. They've got enough players, don't get me wrong, Jones, Crooks, Greenwood, Rogers. But I think Greenwood is going to play more and have a, have a, have a more significant role in the second half of the season than he has in the first, um, even though he's top scorer in the Carabao Cup and, and has scored some big goals in the league as well. Um, and yeah, that would be my prediction. I think he might be Borough's player of the second half of the season. Of the season. Do you think they'll make the playoffs? Um, judging on the squad as they are now, I'm inclined to agree with you. I, my fear is, my fear is that the the position they're in now, always just just within touching distance, but just can't quite claw their way into it. I fear that might continue to be the case. Yeah. Um, the trouble with the position Borough are in now is that if if they're still in this position in another month, couple of months time, then at some stage they're gonna probably have to put together a five games, game winning run, five yeah, four or five yeah. game winning run to, to claw back that gap. And they're only ever gonna be in that run one defeat away from kind of having to start all over again and do it again. That would yeah, that would be my worry for them. Now, you know, maybe maybe that four or five game winning run is gonna come in in you know now. It, at the start of the year, in which case that's a different equation. But um, yeah, I just don't think they're quite consistent enough with the squad they've got now. But like you say, let, let's see what happens in January because that that might be addressed. Yeah, because clearly I'm, I'm not I'm not going to speculate um, and predict that Borough are going to do this or that in January because I don't know. But but it wouldn't surprise me if they had something up the sleeve for Kieran Scott to go on the record and say we're ready to go. Um, a month or so ago, that that suggests certainly that defensively, it's always felt like they know what they want to do with the defensive situation because that's kind of been there all the way through. Mm. I think striker is that much harder just because it's January. Where, where do you sign a striker? You know, 
I still think Premier League loans is what they're probably yeah. going to have to look at for a yeah. striker. But I think defensively, they've, they've probably got longer-term targets in mind that have been part of their squad-building plans, you know, well before we get to the window. Well, the next time we film, the window will have opened. We'll be back next week to to hopefully reflect on a win at Huddersfield. Although, like you say, by the time you watch this, this uh, the, that well, it'll, probably, it'll probably be a double header, won't it? It'll be Coventry as well. Which yeah. you're 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 going to Huddersfield, and then I'm at the home game against Coventry. So we should both have something to get our teeth into, yeah. And then we have a couple of good a couple of cup games to to look forward. Yes. To. So we'll, We'll be back next week. Have a brilliant new year. Um, do subscribe. Press the subscribe button if you haven't already. Uh, leave a comment if you want us to discuss anything. Uh, rate, review if you listen to this on your podcast channels. Have a brilliant new year. Enjoy your weekend. And we'll be back next week for another episode of You Are My Borough.